0: If you've got a testimony, somebody make some noise tonight. Woo! Turn around, high five about 10 people, tell him I can't forget what he's done for me. I can't forget what he's done for me. Woo! One writer said, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. See sometimes you've got to command yourself to give God the praise. How many of you understand that this old carnal nature, this old carnal flesh doesn't always feel like giving God the praise? Do I got any real people in the building? Sometimes you got to show up on a Tuesday night and you got to start preaching to yourself and you got to start declaring bless the Lord, oh my soul all that's within my hands you're going to have to start praising him feet you're going to have to start praising him mouth you're going to have to start bless the Lord oh my soul and all that's within me bless his Amen. Then the writer starts preaching to himself and giving himself a good reason to bless the Lord. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. He started telling himself, boy, don't you forget where God brought you from tonight. Don't you forget what God did for you this week already. If you can't find a reason to praise Him uh, right now, uh, just reach backward a little bit uh, and forget not uh, all of this benefit. I don't wake up on a hangover anymore. That's a benefit. i got a reason to live. Uh, that's a benefit. I'm not bound anymore. That's a give him a praise in this place. Hallelujah. Them old timers would sing songs like, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. Woo! Then they get excited and start singing, how can I forget what you've done for me? How can I forget how you set me free? How can I forget how you brought me out? How can I forget no, Well, if we go to sing it, we might as well sing it. Problem is all these babies don't know all the new songs, all the old songs. I mean, they could play, how can I forget, how can I forget? That's new school. But old school, they'd sing it like this. Take me up a couple keys. They'd start singing like this. Never, never forget. Never. What you've done for me, Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. Take it up. Never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you. Go your hands. Hey, you don't know like I know What done for me Push your neighbor, tell a neighbor Tell a neighbor You don't know like I know what is done for me. Oh, if you believe that tonight, give it one more praise. Yeah. Something about them old songs. Mm-hmm. How I got over how I got over My soul looks back and wonder it's supposed to be Tuesday night Bible study y'all. Angels in heaven don't sign my name If you don't believe That I've been set free What happened to first lady Dock her pay half this week. Where's the the office at? half. You can't dock half of nothing. (laughs) She said, go ahead. I'm just playing. I know better than to tread where fools fear to go. I'm sorry. I'm playing. Grab your Bibles. Let's go to the book of Matthew tonight. Anybody feel something special in the house of the Lord tonight? I know I've been chained. I know I've been chained, children. I know I've been chained. Angels in heaven sign my name. I know I've been changed. I heard you, Brother Keith. I know I've been changed, children. I No, I've been changed. Angels in heaven done sign my name at least give me the one minor (laughs) it's Matthew chapter 22 amen anybody grateful for what the Lord did here this past weekend oh my 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 Sunday morning when we finished around here there was another one baptized in Jesus name for the remission of their sins. There's just no telling uh, what the Lord accomplished this weekend and what remains to be seen. Amen. And uh, I'm grateful to be able to come into the house of the Lord and feel what we feel here tonight. Sister Tabitha, there is nothing more mystical, more magical Or more powerful than the presence of the Holy Ghost and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is so powerful that in the book of Acts, Simon the sorcerer laid down his magic wand and his spell books and said, I've been fooling around with all this stuff, but whatever you got, that's what I want. You want real power, it's in the Holy Ghost. You want real authority, it's in the name of Jesus. You want to be able to make demons run, it's in the power of God's Word. Harry Potter and sorcery, all of that is a cheap imitation, an attempt at replicating the true power of God. Amen. Amen. I, I want. I want to preach something tonight, and I, I, I don't have. Uh, I don't have any notes per se. I don't. Uh, and I want to be careful tonight because I don't want to uh, dive so deep theologically into this subject that I lose some of us that are still uh, that are still working on developing theology in our life but I want to preach something that that I believe is one of the keystone revelations of making it when Jesus comes back. How many of you want to be here when he returns? Anybody made up in your mind, I don't want to backslide, I don't want to get washed out to sea? I don't want to get left behind. I don't want anybody beside me made up in your mind. I I got to make it when he comes. I got to be part of that number. Amen. Matthew chapter 22. I want to begin reading at verse number 36. There was an attorney who came to Jesus. Bible says, asking him a question, but it was a question designed to entrap him. This was a good prosecuting attorney. And he asked him this question in verse number 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Tell your neighbor, as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus said, if you can understand these two principles, everything else is based off of these two things. And for a few moments tonight, I simply want to preach from this simple subject love God, love people. Love God. Love people. I wish somebody would put your Bibles down and clap your hands one more time. Unto the King of kings and unto the Lord of lords in this house tonight. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to do my best to redeem the time. Sunday night I preached much longer than normal. I do not apologize for that, but I do want to be mindful. (laughs) I want to see how enthusiastic all those claps are in 40 minutes from now. Amen. But I do want to be mindful of the time tonight. Love God. Love people. It is important to understand tonight that at the risk of getting ahead of myself, I want to say this, that God is love. It is the essence of who God is. I don't have time tonight to get into the different kinds of love that the Bible references. You understand that the original language uses several different words that are replaced by the singular word love. In our King James Bible, there are there is the love that the Word of the Lord calls uh, Phila love. This is what would be described as brotherly love. As a matter of fact, the city Philadelphia or Philadelphia means the city of brotherly love. The Bible uses another word for love, the word uh, eros, from which we derive the word erotica. This is sensual, fleshly attraction. This is love on the lowest and most base level. And then, of course, there is what the Bible calls agape love. This is God's unconditional love to humanity. But at the end of all of it the Bible tells us that God is love. And there are several attributes of God that are communicable attributes to humanity. These are attributes that are superimposed in the creation of mankind. These are attributes that not only define the essence of who God is but they are reflected in the creation of humanity. As a matter of fact, if you go to the book of Genesis, the Bible tells us that we are created in the image of God. Somebody say the image of God. That term is coined in the Latin as imagio Dei. Imagio Dei is the Latin phrase, the image of God. It it expresses the idea that we are God creation. We are created in the image of God. We are a reflection of the nature of God. Now, there is an express difference between us and God himself, and that is in the fact that God is expressed perfectly as himself. You understand that every being has uh, what would be considered its invisible self, its invisible perfect Self, This is the, uh, the image of God. This is the Jeremiah 29 11, the blueprint of God. And then there is the actual, the visible self, the expressed visible self of who we are. We are not perfect beings because of the fall of Adam. And so even though there is an express, invisible, perfect self of us, we do not display that self perfectly in our existence we, we are an imperfect version of the invisible perfect self, but we are striving to be that perfect individual that God has called us to be. We are striving for perfection. We are doing what Paul said, and we are pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And, and that, that gap in between the invisible perfect self and, and our imperfect visible self is what we call potential. It is the opportunity we have to become better and better as we try to become that perfection of what God has created us to be. But how many of you understand that God in his expression of himself is absolutely perfect? He is absolutely perfect perfect. And one of the communicable attributes of God is the attribute of self-consciousness, the ability to see one's self objectively. Animals do not possess this ability. Your little dog, Fido, cannot see himself outside of himself. And ponder the context of his existence within the construct of your family unit. He does not lay around every day saying, I wonder if I contribute a significant amount of. Uh, things to this household. And, uh, and I wonder if I could do anything different to improve my relationship. Mm, I know that I need to work on some I tend to bark a little too much uh, at times. And sometimes I disobey what I'm told. And he doesn't have the ability to think outside himself with a consciousness. However, as humans, we have the ability to see out ourselves from outside of ourselves. We have the ability to evaluate ourselves and and look circumspectly at ourselves. This is a communicable attribute of God. But when we look at ourselves objectively, we do not see perfection. Now, I know some young men look in the mirror and think they see perfection. I heard some amens from right over here. Good looking stud, you. But we don't see perfection. We see the disparity between the perfect, invisible self and where God wants us to be. But when God looks at Himself, divine consciousness faces divine perfection. And when God sees himself, he sees the perfection of himself. And the Bible says that, that his invisible self and his express self, and, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. How many of you understand that the express of himself was the man Christ Jesus? Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 3 tells us that he is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. He is the perfect expression of God. And the Bible says that in God there is no variableness. There is no variableness between the invisible self and the visible self. There is no variableness. There is no discrepancies between the invisible and the visible of God. As a matter of fact, uh, the Godhead, Brother Donnelly, is a perfect motif uh, by which we can understand human community by. I'm going somewhere following me uh, because in the relationship of the father and the son, it is not how we typically view father and son as a separate entity but in in the word of the lord father is only an indicator of the invisible of god son is simply something that is used to describe the visibleness of god this is not two separate people uh, this is the same person uh, who has become expressed uh, who has become manifest uh, in the earth john chapter 1 verse number 1 says in the beginning uh, was the word the logos uh, why I, I love this Because nowhere prior to this does the Bible use the the, the verbiage word to describe God in this kind of way. Now, from the beginning, God is self-revealing. How many of you understand that God is only known at whatever level he reveals himself to us? He exists outside of time. He exists outside of the finite world that you and I live in. And so we only know him by the way in which he has revealed himself to us. And the greatest revelation of himself to us is his word. It's his word. His word goes out from him. In the beginning, God his word is an expression of himself it is not a separate being my words are not separate from whom I am they are an expression of who I am and so the word goes forth John 1 said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That that word, word there is the word logos. It is the ideas. It is the concept of God. And the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Are you with me? All things were made by God. Him, by the word, uh, let there be, uh, and there was. uh, All things were made by uh, the word, uh, by God, uh, and without him uh, was not anything made uh, that was made. And if you continue to read the chapter, the Bible says uh, that in him was the light, uh, and the light uh, was the light of men. Why does the Bible use terminology of light to describe God? Because light is an emanating factor. It goes out from itself shining. In him was the light. And the light, if you keep reading it, it says the light shineth in the darkness. What is this? This is God revealing himself. And the darkness comprehended it not until finally in verse number 14 it says, And the word became flesh. And dwelt uh, among us. This is the expression of God uh, going out from Himself. Uh, he becomes revealed in the man Christ Jesus. And it is perfect expression. When divine consciousness faces divine perfection, God sees there is there is it is perfect. There is that's why God said, I am that I am. Woo! See, I I, see, I gotta be careful. I, I see some of y'all disconnecting already. I am that I am perfection. But with us, we don't share that, that perfect idealism of, of 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 our visible self. We have to face ourselves and we have to reconcile the imperfection of who we are with the imagio day. We are created in the image of God, the perfection of God. But we have to reconcile the visible existence of who we are with the invisible perfect self of who God wants us to be. Are you with me tonight? I'm going somewhere. And so one of the things that is important to understand here is that God is love. And we are created in the image of God. We are designed in such a way that we are to emanate from ourselves Love the way that God loves the essence of who God is. He is, love is the most powerful force on the planet. Uh, If it is the essence of who he is, Brother Donley, uh, then the Holy Ghost, uh, the spirit of God in us uh, is the quintessential, it is the the greatest uh, expression of the love of God uh, that a human being uh, can ever experience. Uh, When you receive the Holy Ghost, uh, you are receiving in Concentrate the essence of the love of God in your life. In that moment that the Spirit of God enters you, you are the vessel, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Once that essence of God's being enters you, you experience the love of God. Uh, and so... We have a responsibility because Jesus is the visible manifestation of God. He is the expression of the love of God. For this uh, cause came I into the world to seek and save that which is lost. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The expression, his love was the primary purpose of his expression visibly on the earth. And if you go to the book of John, chapter 20, verse number 21, the media team could help me. John, chapter 20, verse number 21. I'm building a foundation here tonight. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. Listen, as my Father hath sent me, me now, stop there for a moment because the viewing this through the context of what we just discussed, uh, when Jesus says, As my Father hath sent me, uh, he is describing the self expression of God uh, in the same way uh, that I am the expression uh, of the Father into uh, the world uh, in the same fashion uh, that God is expressing himself uh, his love through me. Uh, even so uh, send I uh, you. This elevates the church To a position of primacy in the kingdom of God, uh, because as the body of Christ, uh, we become the visible uh, manifestation uh, of God to uh, the world. Uh, When you become a part of the church, uh, you become a part uh, of the body of Christ. Uh, You become a part uh, of the expression uh, of God to this world. Are you with me tonight? Why is this important to understand? Because God tells us in our text, Matthew chapter 22, uh, that the greatest commandment is to first uh, love God. First love God. With all of your heart, your soul, your strength, everything you have must first be focused on experiencing his love and loving him. And the second commandment is to love your neighbor. Turn around and look to the person on your left. Turn around and look to the person on your right. Now close your eyes and imagine the people you get along with the least. Don't don't look at nobody right now. That's your neighbor. Love your neighbor. But there is a caveat of revelation to the scripture. He says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Loving people. Is dependent first on the dynamic of self relationship. How you love yourself will be a determinant factor of how you love other people. Follow me. No Love relationship without side of oneself can be perfect without first the relational alignment of oneself with one's own self. One who hates himself cannot perfectly love others. I have found, I have found it to be true, this principle in the Word of God, that when you find people who struggle in their relationship with people, it is because they struggle with their relationship with self. Oh, I knew it would get quiet right here. And it becomes difficult without this relationship to understand when you witness people... uh that are, that, are, that are at odds in their relationship outside of themselves. And, and it just seems like they have a difficult time getting along with other people. Uh, if you're not careful, uh, you, you can observe this and think uh, that it is because of interpersonal problems between people. And, and it's just because there is a, a, an issue going on. And one of the characteristics uh, uh, of people uh, as human beings, uh, I'm a people you're a people. Uh, one of the characteristics that we have uh, is when there is a dichotomy uh, of dissonance uh, between our self uh, and our perfect self, uh, we tend to blame other people. We, we tend to look outwardly uh, to try and reason within ourselves uh, why that we're having problems uh, in our relationships. We, we, we in a, can I, okay, let me break it down into plain terms. We like to point the finger at people. We like to play the blame game because we, we are constantly trying to reconcile the internal dissonance. Uh, we were constantly trying to reconcile the, the problem that we have internally. Uh, and the easiest way to do it uh, instead of facing ourself uh, because we don't like to confront self uh, is to blame. Uh, well, they're the reason why uh, I'm acting. You ever heard somebody say, they're the reason I acted like that. They're the reason I said that. Let me just break down some biblical truth to you. Nobody is the reason you do anything. I just lost some of y'all right there. I just crossed your theology. I'm going to say it again for the deaf folks in the back. Uh, uh, nobody uh, is the reason why uh, that you uh, do uh, Anything, uh, any thought that comes to your mind, uh, any word that comes out of your mouth, uh, any action that you perform uh, is not the sum result uh, of anybody else's action. Uh, it is the total result uh, of yourself uh, to self uh, relationship. This is why when you witness self-imperfection, which was only modeled by Christ Jesus, he could be nailed to a cross and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is why he could be slapped on the face and turn the cheek and give them the other cheek. This is why uh, when they cursed him and mocked him uh, that he would utter not a word uh, because there was perfection uh, within his self-to-self uh, relationship. Uh, oh, somebody better hear me right now. Uh, when you are tempered internally uh, and you are uh, in, in alignment with the imagio day, uh, the image of God of who you're supposed to be, uh, there's nothing anybody can do uh, to get you to come. I'm off of the bubble. You can't get me mad enough to cuss you out. I can't get no help in the building. Uh, You can't get me mad enough uh, to storm out of a room on you. Uh, Why? Because I'm in alignment uh, with Amazio Uh, Dei. Come on, somebody. Uh, Before you can ever uh, have relationship uh, self to other, uh, you first have to fix uh, self uh, to self. Uh, You cannot love people uh, out of a reservoir of love uh, that you do not have uh, for your own self. Shelf. Internal conflict will always make itself visible in, I'm going to call it I to other, or let's call it I to you relationships. Until the I to I relationship is right, the I to you relationships will always be broken. And in almost every case, the brokenness of the I-U relationship is simply a reflection of the brokenness of the I-I relationship. And so, in order for this to be reconciled, in order for us to fulfill the command of God to love our neighbor as ourself, then we have to go back even further. Look at the sequence of the scripture in Matthew chapter 22. The first commandment was to love God. And a healthy I-I relationship starts with a healthy I-God relationship. You can't love yourself the way you're supposed to when your relationship with God is not what it's supposed to be. Oh, I wish I could get some holy. Some of y'all were shouting through the open door on Sunday night. I'm trying to give you something that will help you keep walking through the open door in your life. I'm trying to help you with something that will keep you from tripping uh, before you get to the open door. That will keep you from self-sabotaging your life uh, before you get to the open door. You see, the imagio Day. Is superimposed and pressed into the existence of humanity. When we behold His glory face to face, even in the creation of mankind, He forms man from the dust of the earth, and He breathes into man. He He goes face to face with mankind. And what does he breathe? It's the essence of life. And man becomes a living soul. It is in the face-to-face with God that we are reconciled to the image of who he is. It is in the times of his presence in prayer that the qualities and the communicable Attributes of God are grasped by who we are and embraced by who we are. It's spending time in his presence until we come from our place of prayer and we are like Moses and the glory of God is emanating from us. The glory of God. This is powerful because in John chapter 20 verse 21, put it back up there where we just read. The, the, the phrase there where he says, uh, Even so I send you. If you study this out in the Greek, there is a, a word called doxa, D O X A, and the doxa or the sending by God means to be sent, carrying the glory of the sender, carrying the glory. And you cannot carry the glory of the sender without spending time with him. You cannot carry the glory of God's love in your life without spending time with him in relationship. Oh, you can't have real love in any relationship uh, without spending time with somebody, uh, without entreating them, uh, without speaking to them, uh, without there being dialogue. Uh, Oh, you've got to spend time uh, with God in order for there to be an I-God relationship. Uh, If my wife and I are going to keep our love, uh, we've got to communicate uh, one to another. Why? When God speaks, uh, his words have creative power. Power. That's why when you spend time in his word, uh, there is creation uh, that is taking place. Uh, you're not just reading the scripture uh, while you read the word. Uh, it's the living word. Uh, and it is speaking uh, into the dysfunction uh, of your imperfect self. Uh, and as his word speaks uh, into the imperfect self, uh, it begins to reconcile uh, the imperfect you uh, with the imagio Day. As you begin to read the word of the Lord uh, concerning humility uh, and submission uh, and the glory of God, you're not just reading another textbook uh, at your school, uh, you are handling the living word. Uh, and the living word uh, is reconciling uh, the I God relationship. Uh, it is closing the gap uh, between the imperfect self uh, and the Imagio Dei, uh, the blueprint of uh, of who God said uh, that you could be, uh, it begins to close the gap uh, of the dysfunction uh, of where you are uh, and where God wants uh, to take you. Uh, when you spend time in his presence uh, and you're praying uh, in the Holy uh, ghost uh, something is happening Uh, there is spiritual formation uh, just like Genesis 1 uh, and the word uh, came forth uh, but before there was word uh, the Bible said the spirit of the Lord uh, moved uh, upon the face uh, of the deep uh, and when you're spending time with God uh, and you're praying in the Holy Ghost uh, there is spiritual uh, formation uh, that is happening to you Uh, God is straightening out uh, the chaos uh, of your emotions. Uh, God is fixing uh, the dysfunction uh, of your mental uh, messed upness. He's fixing uh, all of the things that are out of order uh, in your life. uh, And he is bringing uh, reconciliation. Uh, He's bringing healing. Uh, Come on, I'm preaching to some people right now. Uh, It's not the will of God uh, that you live your life uh, in the dysfunction uh, that you were raised It's not the will of God that you keep behaving the way that mama behaved and grandmama behaved and great grandma. That's a lie from hell. There is an imagio day. There is a potential of God and if you'll spend time with him, if you'll spend time in his word, God will lift you up out of the chaos. God will pick you up out of the dysfunction and bring you into the beauty of wholeness. It is only through I-God relationship that you can truly address the I-I relationship. Because without God, you cannot even see Imaggio Day. Without God. You can never even lay eyes on the imperfect in, or the perfect invisible self. But when you get in sight of God, all of a sudden you begin to see the potential. I begin to see how God wants me to be. I begin to see how God wants me to speak. I begin to see uh, that my thoughts aren't lining up with how God wants me to think. I begin to see uh, that my speech uh, isn't lined up uh, with how the Word uh, wants me to speak. Uh, I begin to see, uh, and then I look. uh, Now I can evaluate I, I, uh, and my self-conscious ability uh, that comes from divine consciousness uh, allows me to look at self uh, and step outside uh, and say, I've got things. I've got to fix. Uh, There's problems that have to be reconciled. Uh, I've got to deal with uh, all of this, uh, precedes uh, I to you uh, relationship. Uh, All of this comes before uh, my relationship uh, with other people. Uh, I begin to see uh, I'm the problem here. Uh, I'm the one that's got an attitude. Uh, I'm the one that needs to deal with rebellion. Uh, I I wish I had some real people in the building. I'm the one uh, that needs to fix uh, the insecurity in my life uh, that's destroying my relationship. I got to come on, somebody. uh, It is only when uh, you come face to face uh, with yourself uh, and begin to heal uh, and let the Holy Ghost uh, remake you. Alignment with yourself. Imaggio Day It is a fool's errand to run around, living by the mantra, "I'm just going to do me." Because humanity, rooted in humanity, is self-destructive. Humanity, rooted in self, always brings self-sabotaging destruction. The only way that humanity brings an expression of blessing is when it is grounded in the imagio Day. It has to be grounded in God. It has to be grounded in truth. And the closer to that truth you get in yourself, the greater display of potential comes out of your life. The closer you walk in alignment with the day, the greater the eminence of God's power and his glory reaches from out of your life. Conversely, the farther out of alignment that you walk in self will in self rebellion the more dysfunctional life becomes Uh, there's a greater display of dysfunction uh, and darkness uh, and chaos uh, because there is a gradient relationship uh, between the invisible uh, perfect imagio day and your current state of being Uh, that's why there has to be a hunger in us uh, that is always trying to draw closer to God Uh, God don't Leave me to myself. God, don't ever turn me over to my own ideologies. Don't ever turn me over, God, to my own mindsets. Don't ever turn me over to family tradition. Don't ever turn me over, God, to the thinking of the world. Why? Because it leads to chaos and destruction. That's why we sing songs like, Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. What are you laying down? Self-will, self-ambition, self-desire. To hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. Somebody tapped into the fifth dimension and wrote the lyric. No one else will do Nothing else can take the place. And then the course he goes on. Because you're all I want. You're all I ever needed. You see, when you see the dysfunction of people, it's because somewhere in the chain, there is a break in relationship. Somewhere in the chain, there's a brokenness in our relationship with God. So, in the I-God relationship, we can then address the I-I. And to address the I-I relationship takes humility. There's no place for pride if we're going to fix who we are. It takes honesty. Some of us are good at being honest with other people, but we uh, we lie to our own self. Self Self-justification. I'm fine. I'm good. No, you ain't. That's dysfunction in the I-I relationship. It is a distorted view of self. And a distorted view of self comes from a distorted relationship with the I, God. Because the closer you get to God, the more true you begin to see yourself and the reality of who you are. Oh, wretched man that I am. And all of a sudden, the finger pointing stops. Oh. All of a sudden, our hands go back in our pocket because i begin to realize uh, it's not their fault uh, it's not their fault uh, it's not their fault uh, it's me uh, it's me uh, it's me oh god standing uh, in the need uh, of prayer the i i relationship takes humility honesty it takes knowledge And wisdom. Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Sister Tabitha said it already. Put Facebook down and get in the book. If you would apply yourself half as much to the word of God, God could begin to heal some things inside of you. Come on, somebody takes wisdom. Well, well, how do I get wisdom? James says, if any man lacketh wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. The problem is you're not spending time in the presence of God. You're not letting the Holy Ghost. You're not submitting your flesh and your carnal mind to the influence of the glory of God. didn't know this was all packed in those two verses. It is only when we bring reconciliation between the I-God and the I-I relationship that we can then obey the commandment to love our neighbor as ourself. To begin to love them The way that God showed me to love myself. This, these are the two greatest commandments. In other words, it don't matter how long your dress is. If you can't love other people, you'll never make it to heaven. It's going to get tight before it's done tonight. I don't care if you never miss a service. And when you do, you're responsible enough to let your shepherd know. Maybe you're irresponsible and you don't let him know. I don't know. I ain't looking at nobody right now. But I don't care if you never miss a church service. If you can't love people, you've missed the whole thing. I didn't say it. This is what the word of the Lord said. These are the great everything else hinges on these two com- If you miss these two things, you miss the whole kingdom of God. I don't care if you're faithful as clockwork with your tithing offering. If you can't love people, you won't make it to heaven. I Become afraid when I hear apostolics run around talking about, I don't like people. Lord, I can hear a rat licking ice in my office right now. It's so quiet up in here. I don't like people. All that is is a manifestation of broken self. What you're really saying is, I don't like myself. And that's certainly not the speech of God. People are at the center of God's world, people and loving people is at the center of the kingdom of God. And the farther away you are from that, the farther away from God that you are. You cannot be close to God and far away from loving people. Oh, this is really good preaching right here. I don't like people. I love them, but I don't like them. Quit lying to yourself. That tells me right away they don't have the time they need in front of God. There's a level of pride and arrogance of the flesh. It's self-hate. Because to say you hate people, guess what you are? You're a people. And I hate to break it to you, but those aren't angels' wings behind your shoulder. Those are shoulder blades. And you got just as much problems as all of the people that you claim not to like. It's self hate. And it's impossible to love people and hate yourself. You can never be a reflection of the love of God until you climb back in an altar and reconnect with the Heavenly Father. And let the glory of God begin to recreate and rearrange your perception and your mind and your emotions and the bitterness and the brokenness and all of the chaos that is wrapped up in your being. Those words echo spiritual deformation, spiritually deformed people. Get for me First John chapter 4, beginning at verse number 7. Is this all right tonight? Tell your neighbor, love God and love people. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is, listen to the language, born, begat, to come from, born of God, and knoweth God. The writer gives credibility to knowing God by one's ability to love people. You don't love people, you don't know God like you think you do. Because if you really knew him, you'd love people. Next verse. He that loveth not. Now I'm going to pause here. And I don't have time to to delve off sideways. But how many of you know the scripture says that if we love people that love us, That really we have no reward for that kind of love. Because even the heathens love that kind of love. That true loving people is measured when we love people who cannot or will not return it to us. I'll wait. Well, I do love people. The five people in your echo chamber. That will pat you on the back and agree with everything you want them to say. Jesus said, that ain't real love. Let me test your love the way he loved. (laughs) While we were yet... Christ died for us. Back to our regularly scheduled program. He that loveth not, knoweth not God... For God is love. I'm preaching to some of us that have been living for God long enough that it's time to grow up in this area of our lives. It's time to quit walking around in spiritual immaturity in our relationships with people. It's time to humble ourselves. It's time to get in the presence of God until God changes our thoughts and our hearts and our minds. How are you going to win a world uh, when you can't even love your brother or sister? You know it's good. Next verse. In this, in what? In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Here is how God manifested his love toward us because that God sent his only begotten son. Here's the speech again, right? The invisible and the visible, the perfect expression of God's love. God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Next verse. Herein is love. Here's the definition of love. Not the messed up, distorted definition that you've given it. Here's God's definition of what real love is. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. Ooh, I love that because He doesn't use our messed up ability as the litmus test for real love. If you want to see real love, look at how He loved us and sent His Son. To be the propitiation for our sins. Not only did he not play the blame game, you messed up, you did it, you pay the price. Not only did he not play the blame game, but he became the propitiation of our sins. He said, You know what? You messed up, but move out of the way. I'm gonna pay the price for you. He's defining love. I know you did wrong but I'm not trying to make you pay the price for what you did wrong. Let me sit in the seat. I'll take the responsibility of this myself. Woo, see, some of y'all can't amen on that right there. You want to see a real display of love? It's not people blaming everybody else. It's people saying, you know what, it doesn't matter if they're the ones to blame. Huh? Let me sit down. I'll shoulder the responsibility of this. Why? Because I love them. Next verse. Beloved, if God so loved us, if this is the way that God loved us, we ought also to love one another. Next verse: No man hath seen God at any time. Woo. I, I can't. I can't go there. We'll be here all night. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. Here it is, the I-God, the I-I, and the I-U, all spelled out in one verse. If we love one another, work your way backward, God dwelleth in us. And there's the I-God, and his love is perfected in us. There's the I-I. Next verse. Hereby, know we that we dwell in him and he in us. This is how you can tell if God's really dwelling in somebody and them in God by how they love people. Your Christianity is worth zero if you don't love people. You are not a representation of Christ. When you cannot love people. Come on, somebody. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us. Because he hath given us of his spirit. There it is. When we receive the Holy Ghost, what do we receive? The purest form of the love of God. And he didn't give it to us just to be a recipient but he gave it to us to flow through us. Because John 20 and 21 said, As the Father hath sent the Son, so I send. Go back to where we were. Next verse. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior. Of the world, all of this love of God and loving people centers around the act of salvation, sacrifice, selflessness, giving of ourself, not taking. Next verse Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God. God dwelleth in him, and he in God. That's really a oneness scripture, Brother Donnelly. What that's saying is he that confesses that Jesus is God. That's what that is saying. God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Next verse. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Are you with me? Next verse. Herein is our love made perfect. This is how you fulfill loving your neighbor as yourself. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. If you don't love people... You're not going to have boldness in the day of judgment. You're not going to be able to stand before the throne with any kind of boldness. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There it is, perfect alignment with John 20 and 21. Next verse. There is no fear in love. Now I could spend a long time here, but let me stop long enough to say insecurity Is one of the greatest manifestations of fear in a human life. Fear is not you being willing to ride a roller coaster or the lack of fear of riding a roller coaster or not being afraid of the dark. If you want to look at the greatest manifestation of fear in a human life, look at insecurity. Insecurity is an ugly, ugly monster. It makes you believe things about yourself that aren't true. And because your self-to-self relationship is distorted by fear, all of your self or I, you relationships become distorted. And because you have a misperception of yourself, you misperceive everybody else's interactions with you. You start putting words in people's mouth that they didn't say. You start placing intentions on their actions that do not exist. You start bringing self-interpretation of everybody's actions that really have nothing to do with the basis of their actions. It's rooted in fear. The perfect love. I can't love you and be afraid of you at the same time. What if they hurt me? What if they do something wrong? What if they this? What if they that? You will stop your ability to experience love when you live your life in that kind of insecurity. Love always has risk. I love humanity. What if they reject you? I love humanity. What if they hang you on a cross? I love humanity. What if they mock you? I love humanity. What if they bruise your heel? I love humanity. What if they put a crown of thorns on your head? Perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love will let you look at somebody who you know is imperfect. And you'll see their mistakes. And you'll see their mess-ups. And you'll see where they could have done better and could have done different. And the love of God will emanate from you. And you'll be able to look them in the eye like you do anybody else and say, I love you, my brother. I love you, my brother. Don't you know what he said? Perfect love cast out all fear. Don't you know what what he did? Perfect love cast out all fear. It's only pride that withholds love from people. Because somehow you really feel like you are above the reproach of other human beings. That somehow you live in an exalted position from the frailties of everybody else. And if that's the mantra by which you are going to live, then don't ever make another trip to an altar. Don't ever bow your head again and ask God for forgiveness. Because with what meet that you meet out, God will meet it back to you. Perfect, or there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love next verse we love him because he first loved us this whole continuum of love began with god loving us it became it started with the with god's being his his essence emanating from himself shining from himself the love of god is shed abroad in our hearts, the Bible said. And it is from him loving us that there is then a reciprocation of us loving him. And it is from that reciprocation that we then love ourselves, And it is then from that relationship that we love people. Next verse. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother. Go look up that word hateth when you get home because you think hate is just running around hate. But hate is a lot has a lot larger umbrella than what you can imagine. Probably you'll be convicted when you begin to read it at how much hate you display to people. If a man say he loved God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. What it means is he is not living in the truth of the love of God. It's a falsehood because you cannot love God and hate people. That is an uh, 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 a an, an an, an, uh, dysfunctional way to try and example the love of God. He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God who he hath not seen? And there is a a circular relationship here because your brother is part of the body of Christ. You can't say you love God and hate the body. I love God, but I I can't stand the people in that church. I'm just going to use Bible language, liar. I love God, but I don't want to be around them, liar, liar. Ooh, it's quiet up in here, up in. Somebody go grab that door. <laughs> from Sunday night. Next verse. Is this the last verse in the chapter? Yes? And this commandment, somebody shout commandment. If you're going to please God, this is not a suggestion from God. If you're going to please God, this is not what God hopes you do. If you're going to make it to heaven, this is a commandment from him. That he who loveth God, love his brother also. Let's stand, music come. I'm preaching this tonight. Specifically, in sequence with what I preach Sunday night. Because sometimes you will walk through doors into places that your ambition can take you, but your character cannot keep you. And there is a real threat of walking into potentials and opportunities that because of a distortion of character, you can't remain in that dimension of opportunity and blessing. There's places God wants to take some of us that the only thing stopping you is what I'm preaching tonight. You got it down. You know how to sing the songs. You know how to do your tie just right. You know how to get that little apostolic hairdo just right. You know how you're supposed to look. But there's some problems with self. And at every corner, there's friction with relationships. And you don't even realize that all of those relationships are at the heart of the kingdom of God. And God wants to use you, but God can't give you influence because of the distortion and dysfunction that keeps destroying the influence that He wants to give you. God wants to give you favor. But your self-hate keeps projecting itself on everybody else. And you can't lead people you don't love. You can't influence people you don't love. You can't even walk with people that you don't love. How can two walk together except they? And there's some of us in this room living frustrated lives trying to live for God every day of frustration. And the distortion of self keeps trying to convince you that it's everybody else's fault. If that person over there wouldn't talk to me the way they do. If that guy over there wasn't so whatever, this or that or the other. Problem's not with them. Because when you get it right in your spirit, it doesn't matter what everybody else does. Come on, somebody. I'm going to deal with this for a minute. When you get it right in your spirit, nobody can do anything to make you leave the post that God has placed you at. When you're right with God, ain't nobody can offend you out the door. Some of us have gotten in a bad habit of running from self. And our answer to self conflict is to walk away, to run. Well, I got a word of reminder from you you can run. Your running is a dysfunctional response. And you'll live your life like a Jacob, running in fear. Fear. My brother hates me. My brother doesn't like me. My father hates me. Run, run insecurity eating you alive. There's going to come a place where God calls you across the Ford Jabbok. You want to know what Jabbok means? The place of emptying out. It's the place where God turns you upside down and shakes all of your pockets loose and says, we're going to do an inventory of everything inside of you. I'm gonna make you look at everything you're trying to hide from me and everybody else. I'm gonna make you face yourself to the point that God says, What is your name? And his self to self relationship is so messed up that he says, I'm Jacob. I am who they say I am. Jacob means subplanter, deceiver. And because his self-to-self relationship and identity was so messed up, he could never maintain a proper I-you relationship. His relationship with his mother was dysfunctional. His relationship with his father was dysfunctional. His relationship with his brothers was dysfunctional. And so it made his family relationship and condition dysfunctional. Jacob, when are you going to stop running from you? Jacob, you're not running from Esau. You're not running from your dad. You're you're running from you. And once God smote him on the thigh and spoke to him and said, Let's get this right. The imagio day for you, Jacob, is not Jacob. Let me let you see the imagio day. You're Israel. (laughs) Let me show you the image of who you are. And when Jacob saw the Amagio day, and then he looks at who he kept telling himself, there's a big gap between Jacob and Israel. All of a sudden, he leaves that place, and he's moved closer in alignment to who God said he was. And when he got the self to self relationship fixed, all of a sudden there was reconciliation between him and his brother. When he got his love between self-right, now his love with his brother was fixed. And he didn't approach his brother with fear. He didn't approach his brother with conflict. But instead, he was able to reduce and eliminate the conflict Because he humbled himself. When he was operating in the imagio day, he handled conflict differently. And he humbled himself. And he bowed himself. And when he did, God gave him favor. And God gave him anointing. And he was able to have power with God and with. He was able to have power with God and people. For where God is taking this church, it is not just a corporate call; it is an individual call to the Imaggio Day. There's some of us in this building. I, I I don't say this from a perspective of vitriol. I'm just I'm just telling you. For where God is taking us, there's some of us. If we don't get our act together. God's going to move you out of the way. Because there are things that God is bringing into the kingdom of God that cannot be risked over your dysfunction. There are precious souls that God is bringing into this church that have to have an environment that is conducive and a reflection of the environment of God. God. Because God is bringing them into alignment with his call. And when they come into this church, they can't find people uh, that are full of self-dysfunction and self-hate that spreads like disease uh, and shows them, No! God's got to find a people that have a revelation of these two greatest principles in the kingdom of God. Love God and love people I wonder tonight heads bowed and eyes closed nobody looking around I wonder if there's anybody in this house tonight that would answer the call of God I feel the radiant emanating hand of God reaching into this house tonight and there's people all over this house God is pulling you into his presence and God is saying come on Come spend time with me. Come spend time. Would you come tonight? Would somebody respond? God's calling you to come spend time in my presence where I can bring healing to self. Come and spend time in my presence where I can reflect my glory back into your life. Come and spend. Come on. Is there anybody that has enough humility? To come and bow yourself in the presence. Is there anybody that's got enough, come on, to come and surrender yourself in the presence of God. And say, all right, God, I've got to be a reflection of your love. God, I've got to be a reflection of your image into the world. God, I've got to be a perfect reflection. Come on, would you begin to talk to him? Would you begin to let his glory uh, and his presence uh, saturate you? Uh, come on, let him heal the dysfunction. Uh, let God begin to speak uh, to the Come on, uh, to the caverns that exist uh, between you uh, and your potential. Come on. Uh, all over this sanctuary. Come on, don't run. Stop running tonight. Stop trying to hide from him. Uh, Stop trying to hide from His glory and from His presence. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. God's got a call on your life. God's got a call on your life. But before you can go out, you first have to fix... Come on, somebody. Come on, all over this house. All over this house. Come on, I surrender, God. I surrender, God. I surrender, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.